Guys, welcome for the very first time to episode 51 of the pod. This is Screen Share, a movie podcast about Elf. My name's Adam Cook. <laughs> Calter. <laughs> wow. You are struggling today, huh? This is a rough day for you. What are you, you talking about? That was kind of like a first try type thing. You and the reference I made to the movie to make- was that title. That was, I guess, a good reference. It was on every bit of it, the movie. A um, movie podcast about eating gum off the rails. What? Are you happy now? Um, off the rails. He was on in the middle of a train track eating it off the rails. Handrails. Handrail, brother. There's a handrail down to the subway. They're in New York City. The My most, guy over the here magical used place. his entire brain power today to make a song about Santa fucking people. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this week on the pod, stay tuned. This week on the pod, uh, we watched the movie Elf. We're doing Christmas movies this month. Last week we started off the month with Calder's pick Die Hard, which uh, was a good one. Yeah. But now we're getting a bit more traditional with the Christmas movies. In Still, our I values guess not. and in our picks. Yeah. My values have definitely traditionalized in the past week, you know? In the last week, yeah, you've actually, might not want me to say this to the audience, but gone all right. <laughs> You're correct that I would not want you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, at least not without a correction, which uh, this is. No one will um, issue. <laughs> um, so, Elf. What's your relationship to Elf before we get into anything truly? Um, what is my relationship to Elf? That's an interesting question, Mr. Cook. And I will rephrase the question and give it back to you. What what kind of memories do you have of the Elf movie? <laughs> I thought you were literally just going to ask me the exact question I asked you. I mean, you basically did. Um, I don't know. This is... It, I think this is a big one for people around our age. I agree. Because this, I guess we can talk about this now, but I think this is the only, I guess, recent, it's 20 years old at this point, but only recent movie that's gone into the Christmas canon as a classic or the most recent movie that's gone into the Christmas, into the canon as a Christmas classic. Yeah, that's like generally accepted as like a great classic christmas movie yeah, yeah i'd say so i i bet we're missing like something I, but like it's I all stuff it like really noel and yeah but no like one watches weird... that well that's what i mean is like it's i feel like there's ones that people like but there's i'm like not sure four if there's christmases i think four christmases could be big with the zoomers not that it's a very good movie no but with it's like kind of one that people have started to watch a lot more and it's but got even some that, isn't parts. that like 2009? Yeah, it's like 2008-9. Yeah, so it's that's even that's like still like 20 years ago. Yeah, um, but I'm just saying like I don't think there's been a, a movie except for Elf. Well, yeah, I'm agreeing since with 2000. you. Well, it's it seems like you're arguing with me. I think the only one that's a candidate right now 
yeah. is Four Christmases, and I don't know if I like that. Yeah. Even um, though I would we agree. watch Four Christmases together. It's, uh... Yeah. Well, you know what I think it is? I think it's... Pr- it's not great. Um, eh, it's got... Eh. The first two-thirds are okay. The, yeah, then it's The does last the third's the pretty bad. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, but... I love me some Vince Vaughn, though. Uh, I think what happened, probably, is I think Christmas movies were, like, a thing for a while. Um, and, like, pretty significantly for a bit. But I think then everybody kind of just got into the zone of having the movies that they watch at Christmas. You know what I mean? Sure. And no one's really looking for a new one. I feel like everybody kind of has the ones that they watch every year, the ones that they resonate with. But, like, I don't think many people are, like, Christmas comes along and they're like, hmm, I wonder what new Christmas movies are coming out this year that I may add to the watch list every Mm -hmm. December. It's like, I don't think many people are really looking for that anymore. They also kind of stopped releasing movie Christmas movies around Christmas because the, those spots started getting taken up by like Oscar movies. So <laughs> and like, get like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So you'd get like the franchise movie on Christmas or yeah. the Oscar movie on Christmas. Like what's coming out on Christmas this year? Wonka. The Color Purple? Yeah. Wonka, Aquaman. Like <laughs> all three very similar. What do you how I guess Wonka and Aquaman are kind of close because they're both I was kind of I I was kind of joking because there I feel is like, like those are three kind of a through movies. line to each of the movies where it's like Aquaman is a franchise sequel, Wonka is also a franchise sequel, but it's a musical, and the Color Purple is a musical. And also, kind of a sequel or remake of a franchise, and and Timmy Shelley's wearing purple in the movie, and Aquaman waters purple. So that's there's that. Did you say water is purple? I need you to clarify that. Now here's the thing about water being purple, or something else. About something else. Um, I was trying oh. to figure out the. Other classic Christmas comedies, I should say. Yeah. Because I feel like there are some Christmas dramas, but I don't really fuck with that. You know? I don't really want to watch You ain't about a, that shit. I'm not about that life of watching a drama at Christmas with your family. Do I want to tr- be trying to hold back tears as jolly old St. Nick's gets his throat slit because he's been executed yeah. for magic? No, I don't. So Christmas comedies... Here's the sort of, I'll say, Hall of Fame that I came up with, okay? Tell me if you agree or disagree. All right. We've got Elf. Yeah. Home Alone. Mmm. And maybe Home Alone 2. I haven't seen Home Alone 2. I will be fully well, frank. Well, it's got, it's got the man Donald Trump in that liberal CBC cut I'm out. pretty sure it's been cut out. Yeah. No, they only cut it. Out. The CBC cut it out because they were running it on TV, and they're like, "This is like two minutes of useless shit." So let's just cut it out. But then everyone was like, yeah. "They cut it out because he's Trump," and it's like, "No, well, literally has no implication on the story whatsoever." So, yeah. Um, thoughts on Home Alone? I like Home Alone. Haven't seen it in a while. Honestly, a part of me wishing we were doing it this month. Um, maybe but next year. Maybe next year, but also. 
something I should probably realize, I can also just watch movies if I'd like. There's yeah. been a couple times since doing this pod where I'll be like, oh, I kind of want to watch this movie. And, I'll, and I'm like, actually, let's save it for the pod. Um, but I can just yeah. watch movies. You know, you can if you watch a movie again for the podcast, it might actually be better because then you've seen it recently and then you'll yeah, see it again. I, th- I think I've gotten in my head recently about how I kind of like the idea of me seeing a lot of these for the first time for the podcast. Um yeah, that you doesn't don't always have, have to. to be the case. Yeah, it's okay. I've also seen Home Alone before, so I am allowed to watch Home Alone. Um, I think it's okay. Home Alone was never really my favorite one. I think that kid is just a nasty young boy. <laughs> Kevin um, McAllister? Yeah. Macaulay Gulkin? Married to Brenda Song? What the hell's going on there? They seem happy. Um, he got his uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, I don't really Recent, care. Like I, this week. Don't they pay for that or something? Isn't that paid yep. for? Yeah. Yeah. They, so it doesn't really mean oh, a goddamn no! thing. Yeah, they have to pay for... Um, Didn't some freak just get one too? Or was it Macaulay Culkin that I'm thinking of? I think some other freak <laughs> just got one. I don't know. Uh, probably. It was like John Stamos or something? I don't know. I, I do feel like I saw another Walk of Hollywood Walk of Fame thing this week. I don't know how... I'm threatening my fingers are threatening to look it up and i'm looking it up right now okay um <laughs> i dropped a bunch of shit on the floor i've got to pick up okay it's great that we're both doing something not related that isn't talking on the podcast um recent I, I, zach efron yeah he's zach efron that was it that's a freak that i was like why and also there's t- almost 2800 stars yeah that's ridiculous. Well, it's old, man. Yeah, but it's kind of like the NBA Hall of Fame where you're kind of like, well, let's not let some of these guys. Well, it's a kind this. of thing where, like, think about it right now. Think of, like, think of telling the average person in your life that Zach Efron got a star on the Walk of Fame. They probably think that he deserves it. Whether he does or not, I'm not saying, but I do think that, like, in the grand scheme of, like, if we're looking at the Walk of Fame as, like, a Hall of Fame, I mean, that's kind of what it's saying. Like, Zac Efron, in the grand scheme of the history of cinema, doesn't deserve to be there. Yeah. Now, with the Walk of Fame, they literally just have to pay for it and, like, be a reasonably sized actor, so it, like, doesn't really matter. (laughs) But, like, that's what I mean as far as, like, what did you say? Um, wh- who are some of these freaks that are on there? Um, yes. The initial selection of celebrities was Olive Borden, Ronald Coleman, Luis Fazenda, Preston Foster, Burt Lancaster, Edward Sedgwick, Ernest Torrance, and finally Joanne Woodward. Oh, so they started um, with a bunch of nobodies, so they kind of set a precedent. But the first star to actually grace <laughs> Sorry, the walk, I need to clarify that's a joke. <laughs> I don't know who they are, but that's... <laughs> this was in 1960, on March 28th. Yeah. Um, the first actual star was Stanley Kramer, who I think was that guy in Seinfeld. Now, another Christmas classic. And they didn't even revoke it when he uh, said all that stuff. They probably gave him another one. Back then? Come on. Did you see? Did you ever see? He went on Seinfeld. 
Not really. No, when Michael Richards, Seinfeld was on David Letterman's show, and Michael Richards decided video called in. Yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, Yeah, and he'd like already apologized. I think, but then he went on Letterman with Jerry on the show, and, and Jerry, then, like, cues the clip by being like, yeah, I, I, thanks for being okay with this, I hope it's okay, you just want to say something, or something like that, and then he's basically like, yeah, I'm really sorry. But then, like, the audience is kind of laughing, because they're like, what the fuck is going on? Because it's well, like 2005 like, I came here to or 2008. Yeah. And then Jerry's like, guys, it's- stop laughing. <laughs> but he's yeah. kind of sitting there smirking. Anyway, weird. Well, even even him, uh, like in the video call, giving the apology, he addresses them laughing and is like, "I know that they're laughing, but I'm serious about this." Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, I remember when the video call ends, it's like really awkward, and Jerry Seinfeld is like, "Yeah, so he's he's just really sorry. He he just asked if he could say something. He's really sorry. He's pretty broken up about it." And it's just like, okay, man, it's like, yeah. He should be broken up about it. He was a really bad guy. We're so much better at canceling people these days. But like doing it right. But also like, that's hilarious that that happened. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> wish that happened with every every time anyone every ever Every time like, they had to do a live apology. <laughs> on a talk show. Yeah. Dude, I'd be watching Late Night and would Jimmy Fallon's be reborn. There, so it's an easy laugh. They'll say something and he'll yeah, be like, dude. that's a good Fallon laugh. Anyway, who's someone who was canceled recently? Fucking Matt Reif goes on Jimmy Fallon and Matt Reif's yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm but just he, so sorry. Jimmy he, Fallon immediately slaps his desk. It's just It'd be laughing. Dude, the idea that it's a Skype call is insane. <laughs> that Especially it's fucking it, Skype. In that time. It was probably such a hassle to set up. Okay, okay. Chris, classic Christmas comedies. We got through the second one on my list. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Home Alone. I think that's a fair, fair addition. Not my Can favorite, I say but I think pretty sure that was the first one you said on your list. I said Elf. Oh. Um. So the first one was kind of a gimme. Yeah. <laughs> um. Christmas Story. A Christmas Story. Christmas Story. Have you seen this one? Yeah. You'll check yeah. your eye out, kid. I don't watch. Oh it wait, a lot. no, I haven't seen it. Sorry, I thought you were talking about "It's a Wonderful Life." I have not seen that film. I I've seen "It's a Wonderful Life." Christmas Story is, or a Christmas. I don't know. I don't really remember. Same thing. Um, take out the just Facebook. Um, <laughs> that's my Justin Timberlake. Uh, I think what it's pretty weird. good. I haven't seen it in a long time, and it's kind of one for the oldies out there. If I'm being honest. Um, but it's like kind of a classic Christmas comedy. We've also got our movie next week. Probably my favorite Christmas movie. Spoilers. Christmas Vacation. I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen this one? No, I've not seen I haven't, this. I didn't force you to watch this when we were living together. Oh, I guess we had COVID no. during Christmas. I was kind of pissed off. Um, <laughs> yeah, you kind of stayed in your room. Understandably so. We were kind of trying to stay away from each other, but also not really caring. There's not that we didn't care. It's just we were already fucking together. Yeah, we, I mean, we were in the same house together. Like, it if you sucked. had it, I had it. We were kissing too much anyway. Yeah. Um, the animated and live action versions of The Grinch. The live action mm-hmm. version is pretty sick. 
Yeah, some people love that film. Yeah, I know someone who loves that movie. Hillary. Um, (laughs) There's also Jingle All the Way, which I think is also a bit of an older person one, where they're like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is so funny. Um, And there's also this movie that I think is big with a lot of people, but I've never seen. And I guess it's just not kind of in my zone. But it's also a more modern one, is Bad Santa. Apparently, a lot of people like Bad Santa. So, fun fact, the director of Bad Santa was asked to do this film, and he said no in favor of Bad Santa. Who's that? I had his name. Let me find it. Can I guess? Uh, Sure. Martin Scorsese. No, Terry Zwigoff. He didn't really do much else. He did mostly did documentary stuff. Well, if he, if he did Elf, he would have been doing fucking Mandalorian by now. <laughs> um, that is the peak. That is the peak of any director's are there career. Any other com- Christmas comedies you can think of that you think are like in that sort What's of What's the tier? fucking Tim Allen one? The Santa Claus. No. The one the where Tim he Allen Santa Claus? No, the one where he Marmaduke doesn't want Christmas this year hmm? or something. I the gotta Christmas look it Carol? up. Christmas with the Cranks? Uh, I think it's Christmas with the Cranks. Um, What's the Polar Express? That's oh, a good one I do also. like C- Polar Express. That, <gasps> oh, that would have been a fucking wacky it. one to do. <sighs> we got it. Tom Hanks is in Yeah, Christmas with the Cranks. This one I've seen like on TV multiple times. That's Jamie Lee Curtis? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, why are you surprised that she's in a bad movie? And she's in like so many. No, I just never realized that was Jamie Lee Curtis. She doesn't where is her short gray hair? Why is it long and brown? I think it's because oh wait i just looked up jamie lee curtis i know what she looks like um it's because at some point she was younger at some point dan Aykroyd's in the movie too you don't like danny he's just a wacko (laughs) she does look kind of it's kind of a weird look the i've seen that movie like three times i never knew it was jamie lee and that does not look like her on the poster no they kind of fucked up her cheeks in that they really do some wild shit on posters. Um, that's an astute analysis by me, huh? Yeah, especially back then. Anyway. <sighs> well, thanks for listening. Um, that's my only. My, that's my only contribution is Christmas with the Cranks. I, I guess. think that's kind of the the Christmas comedy canon. But if look at this viewer engage listener engagement, if you have another one that you like leave it in the comments because i think this is on youtube now or in the spotify question thing and if you don't use either of those i don't know what how it works so (laughs) there you go i can i throw one more thing out there it's not a another movie um but like i feel like more than like watching Christmas movies, I'll sometimes watch like Christmas episodes of shows. I feel like that's a little insane, but give me an example. Like I feel like I watch like the 
the uh there's a christmas episode from community um that's like stop motion and it's like abed finds the meaning of christmas i don't want to give anything else away because it's so good but like i don't know i feel like i watch that every year not like intentionally just because i'm like i want to watch something christmas oh i remember that um being good anyway i don't don't know I th- I just I just would be willing to bet that I'm not the that there's people out there that watch Christmas episodes of shows. I um, haven't come across a Christmas episode of Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> really? I think there is, but they kind of hide it a little bit because it's also like a multi. Sorry, that was a really aggressive. Really <laughs> show. Really, really. <laughs> um. Anyway, we can move on. Gamer can gunk I... or gagger gunk. Nice. Uh, can I just talk about the film for a sec? Because I, I re- my research stuff. Yeah, get through it now so that I can ask my questions later. Yeah. Fast, so, uh, this movie. Ca- this movie came out in two thousand three. It may it had a budget of thirty three million dollars, and it made two hundred and twenty million. Kind of big. Mode. Kind of big mode. We've entered big mode. Uh, David Barenbaum initially wrote the script uh, in 1993. This movie came out in 2003. There were a lot of like changes around. Originally, it was going to be like d- darker and like PG-13, probably. Oh, fuck. They um, it was but, so much shit. Yeah, but John Favreau pushed against that and wanted to make a family movie. I feel like probably a good call. Yeah, I don't um, think for what like, the movie is. Christmas movies with high What are those called? Ratings? I feel like that's the wrong way to describe that. With like PG-13 R ratings. Yeah. are kind of a a bad idea because Christmas movies are for kids basically. Yeah. And for f- like families to watch as like a family. And yeah. I guess it actually makes sense that they were going to get the like director that ended up doing Bad Santa to do it initially when I, I'm assuming it was more of a PG-13 and type And hopefully deal. they were getting Billy Bob Thornton as well. Well, no. That guy's electric on the screen. When it was initially written, uh, Chris Farley and Jim Carrey were two of the like uh, main candidates to play Buddy. I actually don't like either of those at all. Yeah, same. I could I could see the Jim Carrey one happening, but I don't think it has the charm. It He's a little more has nefarious. the Jim Carrey. Um, He's perfect for the Grinch. Um, quick tidbit. Yep. Hillary said, who's that guy when they were in one of the boardroom scenes? And I was like, what? She's like, I always get that guy confused with Chris Farley. Who do you think she was talking about? Andy Richter? Yeah. Andy I Richter. I love that Andy Richter's in this movie. <laughs> I don't... I, I mean, I don't Andy's, blame Andy's, her. Andy's acting across from... Uh, I literally had his name four seconds ago. Peter Dinklage? No. James Caan? No. Will I could Farrell. find this. Kyle Gass of... Oh, right. Uh, Tenacious, Tenacious D. Tenacious D fame. Yeah, there you go. That's what I was going. That's what I was. That's it. Um, 
Um, good build up. But yeah, I love that Andy Richter's in here. I think they're and Kyle Gass. I think that they're like a fun little duo. Peter Dinklage, <laughs> Olivia and I were watching it together, and while Peter Dinklage was on screen, she just went, "Man, he's he's really good in this." Because like <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's really good, kind of like really good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, not that is... like Peter Dinklage isn't usually good. It's just like I wouldn't expect him to be like really good in Elf. He's kind of like Dylan Brooks, where he's always ridiculously locked in. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah, how sure. he works. Um, it's his default but I feel like everyone mode. Everyone is pretty good in the movie. Mm-hmm. My internet is, I think, going to absolute doggy dog trash. Yeah, right now. it kind so of is. Mistimed a little bit. Just let me know. Here, let's do another call and response. We get we do when we're doing a Discord recording, we do a call and response to sync it up, but let's do one just to see how how we're doing. Uh uh I say elf, you say elf. 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 Really? Was that real? Like you said was it immediately bad? after? Yeah. I literally tried to it say was, it immediately. It was genuinely like maybe 3 whole seconds after. Damn, damn, bro. Actually, well, now now you seem fine. So like, that's good. Let's just keep going. Um, okay. It didn't show up on the recording, but Calder made it. It used a duck soundboard. Um, <laughs> quack quack, quack quack. Um, but yeah, the cast is great in this. I I remember on previous watches, like kind of hating James Khan's character because he does suck. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. That's kind um, of the point, though. Yeah. Um. I, I feel like I, I sympathized with him a little more this time. I think it helps that it's like a short movie. I also wrote down that I really liked that um, Michael doesn't think that Buddy is lame and weird for like a long time in the movie. Like they kind of get that over and done with pretty quick, which yeah, I like. It's kind of like the it's snowball like, really... fight and then he's instantly in on Buddy. Yeah, which makes sense. I feel like that makes sense, but also it's good for the movie because I feel like a lot of movies will do that kind of thing, but they'll waste like 30 minutes of the movie being like, well, he has to make him like him. And it's like, I can you just make them like each other? Or they'll like do 17 things like the snowball fight or like they do the snowball fight, but then as soon as they go to the mall, Buddy will do something to make Michael mad. Or something like it's yeah. I just like that they they get along. It's like this is not the conflict here. The conflict here is is James Khan's character like being unwilling to accept his son. That's really the conflict. Yeah. Um so I don't know. I, but even that they fe- I feel like they uh they do a pretty good job of like making it kind of get on with it unlike what I'm doing right now. Well, I think it's like the thing that Four Christmases doesn't have, in my opinion, is that this movie's like very efficient. And mm. that Four Christmases also does have John Favreau in it. But this movie's very efficient yeah. and like gets through it all quickly. Whereas Four Christmases kind of like builds up pretty well, is re- pretty good until the midpoint, but then it kind of hangs around at a couple of the parents' houses for a little while. Then it has a fucking. Yeah horrifically long ending and 
I don't know if they're much different in length, but they feel super different in length because you're like I'm literally looking up the runtime right now. Oh, damn. It's, it dude, it's only an hour and 28 minutes for Christmases. It feels but it feels so like much two. longer. It feels like 2 hours. Cuz it's like they basically have like five set pieces and they have to kind of split the set pieces out along the way and then also don't deal with any of the emotional issues of the movie until the third act. Yeah. So you're just kind of like, okay, we've been at Sissy Spacex house for like 15 minutes and they're playing the game and the game's like pretty good, but also like, yeah, there's nothing really happening with the characters here, you know? Well, like, or there's imagine like one if, thing happening. Imagine if in Elf, like, Imagine if the like the mom also wasn't re- like didn't really love Buddy, mm-hmm. and then like none of those three conflicts with Buddy were resolved. Oh, and and let's say he made Jovi, uh, Zoe Deschanel's character, mad about something because yeah. a lot of movies do that as well as they'll throw a conflict in at the end just yeah. so that they can resolve I'm it. Be like, oh, he act. did something wrong on the date, and now she's mad. Yeah, literally. But then imagine all four of those conflicts are resolved at the very, very end when they, like, see Santa's sleigh. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I feel like what most movies would do, but it would just be like, they'd probably add another fucking half hour because they'd be like, we can't have them resolved all at once. They have to add another scene to be like, Buddy doesn't get on the sleigh immediately or something. Whereas with this one, everything's kind of wrapped up. So when he does do his little wave backwards, you're like, oh, there's like some closure here. Yeah. You know? Well, that's a thing. And like the mom doesn't really have any conflict to get over, which I like. Um, And then Michael has some conflict to get over because he thinks Buddy's weird. But then he turns into a machine gun. So then he's like, that's pretty cool. Um, And then like Zoe Deschanel's character also like there's a little conflict because like he's like (laughs) making her uncomfortable but then they just like get along and it's kind of fine james con is really where it all lies and i feel like they do a good job of like um he's he's given like like a little bit to buddy at a time throughout the movie where he's like okay you can come over okay i'll like I'll bring you to the doctor and see if we're actually Can I related. Get your full like, James Conn impression. I know you're on the edge of it right now. Um, I don't have one. Just do truly. It. Just try it, please. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's Elvis. Um. <laughs> well, now I do a good Elvis. <laughs> now or now I know anyway. But like. But like, even at the end, when he has to has the ultimatum of like lose your job. Or, like, disappoint your son for the 500th fucking time. And he, like, makes that decision. That's not... It's not like it's a all of a sudden turnaround. No. Like, it, it kind of is. But, like, once he gets to the park, like, he apologizes to Buddy. But he's still kind of, like, isn't really sure of what's going on. He's, like, helping out. But, like, even when they get to the Christmas caroling part, he's not actually singing. 
and like him singing is what sends it over the edge or whatever but like it being the the like jingleometer or whatever what it's called Claus, the thing the clausometer clausometer um jingleometer like, are you kidding me man <laughs> jingleometer oh I, that sounds like an i uh, the level of idea that Andy Richter and Kyle Bass's character Kyle Gass's character would It's think. a young asparagus who's getting self-conscious because of the smell of his pee um but yeah i don't know i just feel like they they do a good job of resolving things quickly but also not making it like why that was a quick turnaround what's going on you know what i mean no it's just a good movie it's just kind of well done and they keep it pretty simp and that's okay keep it simp you can have christmas movies that are pretty simple and you can also have christmas movies that kind of meander a little bit until they get to the the meat of the thing, which is kind of what Christmas Vacation does. It's a little meandering. Okay. And then it gets into like the the sort of like, what's wrong with this guy? What's wrong with this yeah. freak? The meat um, and potatoes of, the, of, of it. But this one just kind but, of like sets up everything that's going to happen. Has one conflict it's trying to get over. There's a couple hurdles. But like, Buddy doesn't really change the entire movie really. He's no. the same the whole time. Literally, but he's it's... the same in the flash forward scene where he yeah. has a child. He, <laughs> Olivia pointed out, she was like, this means that Buddy canonically has had sex at this point. And I was like, he's fu- he, he He had sex and ha- had a child and has now been raising that child. Yet when his adopted father says, like have baby sit on papa's lap he still thinks it means him but like i think um this might be a little controversial but this is a little bit of a like forrest gump jenny situation a little bit it's kind of like what is she doing here i do think zoe de chanel's character is a little more like also weird than the jenny character is yeah and forrest gump um and also they're not it's not like an overtly like they have a kid but it's not like an overtly sexual thing that they're doing oh no 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 it's just like uh oh they're like they get along really well it's like a little meat cute yeah but like you're kind of if you think about it you're kind of like what the fuck is she doing with a man who thinks he's an elf you know he thinks he has the developmental skills of probably like a hyperactive third grader if we're being honest (laughs) this is honestly almost like big starring tom hanks levels of like weird a little yeah but like but because it's kind of like the relationship itself though is dealt with very like wholesomely and it is very kind of like i don't know there you don't get the sense that there's any like it doesn't feel creepy yeah um can we talk about Miles Finch for a little bit? I know we talked about Peter Dinklage a little bit. Yeah. But this character is a fucking, an absolute fucking spark plug. Yeah. He comes in. His introduction is incredible. Well, first of all, I do feel like he comes phone. at the perfect time in the movie as well. Oh, absolutely perfect. And also, it's the perfect person cast and also the perfect, like, idea for a character because, like, 
the joke isn't that he is a short person or a little person. It's the the joke that Buddy just doesn't understand that yeah. little people exist. So it's Buddy who's stupid. Whereas like well, it's I, weird I that feel he's like a this person. has room, so much room for it to have aged poorly, but it hasn't because like you kind like you you're able to understand why uh Peter Dinklage's character is upset. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's kind of like to his knowledge kind of being hate crimed. Yeah. And harassed. Um he does have seven <laughs> like, plasmas in all of his houses. But also we understand that Buddy has no no education or development or concept of like a little person in like the grander scheme of society. He doesn't understand what the he doesn't understand the grander scheme of society. He knows that the North Pole exists and that New York exists. <laughs> and the yeah, yeah, actually that's that's actually better. the Lincoln the Lincoln Tunnel or whatever. Yeah. I loved that the montage is like him walking through snow walking through snow and then he's in the Lincoln Tunnel walking into New York. And when he recounts the story, <laughs> that's literally what he says. It's like wow, the North Pole's like Land real of close to New York. Gum drops, <laughs> candy yeah. cane forest, and then I walk through the Lincoln Tunnel. But on the phone, you get this idea of like this angry character, alpha character. And you're like, mm. who who the fuck is this guy? Especially if you haven't seen it. And then his introduction, where the elevator just opens and he walks through, and you can't see him. You're like, what the? going on it's like a perfect way to confuse people and then you see him and he just like takes over the entire movie for like five minutes and the way he hits his book is oh incredible that's just that's the best thing peter dinklage has ever done (laughs) well because like i feel like it plays because it does like a bunch of turns where it's like, like you said, introduce him as like this scary, like alpha. I hate using alpha, but like this scary, like dominating Sigma. voice. And it's like, wow, this guy means business. And then, like you said, you don't see him. Then you see him and he's like a little person. Your brain immediately goes, oh, like this isn't what I expected. But then he's like the biggest hard ass. <laughs> And he's actually like scary, <laughs> like immediately. So it's like a tri- a double or a triple. I don't know. Uh, but like it gets you a couple times with this character. It's very good. And then like the fight choreography is actually kind of brutal when he actually dives on Buddy. <laughs> like it's not just like a lesser comedy would just have like shots of like I don't know. Just like, like Will Ferrell hitting at the screen with his hands, yeah, like in a close up, and then maybe a shot of like Peter Dinklage grabs Will Ferrell's neck, and Will Ferrell spins, and they'll do a shot of like Peter Dinklage with like a spinning flail, whatever. Around, yeah, like, and that would be ha 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 funny, ha ha slapstick, ha ha. But like, it's to me, it's so much funnier that he kicks him into a dresser and is breaking shit and paintings are falling off the wall and then he like throat spins him into the chairs (laughs) and it's like man like it's so much better that way now here's a question is taking the ideas from his book 
stealing? I believe that is textbook plagiarism. But it's or also actually, just because I guess ideas, it's not been right? published. That's just stealing an idea. I think yeah, that's which just... is fine. If if Peter Dinklage's character had a like copy of the book or like proof that he had written in the book and then left the book there, then maybe like uh I think maybe? he could probably have a case. But also people can steal your idea because they like an idea isn't really any this is what they taught me in writing school. An idea really isn't anything unless you like actually make the idea. Like so if you write a script or a treatment or something cuz then there's actually something to steal. But if it's just like a lonely tomato winds up in the big city and has to find his family, like that's kind of nothing. You know? Well, I that like, could have how like Kyle 600 Gass's different stories. Like, there's so much genius in here. I mean, look at this. And what he shows is literally just like a drawing of a turkey. <laughs> it's not even like an idea. <laughs> and then he's like, let's get a storyboard. Let's get a storyboard going. And then they're like, yep, we will. And then they immediately sit down in front of him. And he's yeah. like, you can't do it sitting down. And they're like, okay. I just, that's so, yeah. that's so silly. That's so funny. Um, I think this movie I th- excels at the whole fish out of water thing in a way that a lot of mm-hmm. movies don't because the way if it i'm feels honest like someone asks for a fish out of water movie example i genuinely think elf would probably be the first one i think of i think it, it in like a different way too because it a lot of fish out of water movies frame things as being stupid whereas this frames things as being confusing and scary where like yeah the world that we live in is a lot more like, what the fuck is going on? Then it is like, oh, you have electric stairs when there's normal stairs right there, which I feel like is yeah. how a lot of movies frame it. But in this, he's like, I don't know how to get on these electric stairs. Well, he's just like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> like, I <Yeah>. don't, <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. And like him seeing a sign that says "World's Greatest Coffee," and he's like, <laughs> it is. <laughs> and her being like this is the when he brings her there on the date and she's like it tastes like pretty like mid to bad coffee he's like, it, he's like no 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 cup of coffee he's like it's the world's best crappy cup of coffee see when when i was watching that i thought like he'd put syrup in there or put <laughs> like jack daniels in there whatever that alcohol from the mailroom was but it, but then they tied back the greatest cup of coffee thing. I was like, oh. Damn. Every scene in this movie is good. Because every time you say, like when you said the mailroom, I was like, that's fucking, that's a perfect scene. It's wacky. It's insane. Um, and here's the thing. That's a great scene. If I were to like cut it, not that you need to cut anything for time. This movie's an hour and a half. But like if you did, like that movie, or that scene kind of doesn't really add much. Like you could remove it. Aside from, like, making his dad mad. I mean, like, the grand scheme of the plot, you could probably remove that and, like, work around it and have the movie still make sense. But including it, I feel like seeing Buddy bond with someone mm-hmm. and, like, seeing Buddy, like, be liked and, like, I don't know. It, it kind of, like, shows... Because the whole movie, everyone's looking at him like he's an idiot. Literally every single person mm-hmm. he encounters. So that's like a nice little break of like, oh, wow, something is working for him. I think. And it's. 
the whole movie's kind of about like the effect that Buddy's positivity can have on the world. Where like he goes in the mailroom, everyone seems threatening. It's dirty. It's he literally grimy. says they all look like they want to <laughs> hurt him. And then like he, him just being there and being himself and being positive kind of changes the world around him not even with just like making a friend but also everyone else is like gets in on the dancing and the all this stuff where it's like yeah he just turns things into a positive when he's there and being himself and like being a happy person and being positive Mm -hmm. it kind of made me wonder i i couldn't find anything online about it but like it would probably just be on like the dvd special features or, or something but like because when, when they're doing the end bit where, like, they keep cutting to different groups of people singing, uh, what is it, Santa Claus is Coming to Town? Mm-hmm. Um, like, they they cut to all characters we've seen before, but then also the, like, bikers at the bar. Yeah. And I wonder if there was, like, a biker bar scene that was cut. Um Oh, that, maybe like, brought those guys in. Um, anyway, that's just a curiosity. But I think uh, that's also just a bit of it where it's like these things that are inherent to body of like best way to spread cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Yeah. It just rings true in this world of the film where it's like, yeah, yeah, if you sing on TV and you like earnestly mean it, it'll people bring other people up with on. you. It's being a part of a moment. Like a flash mob. Everyone loves a flash mob. Everyone loves a flash mob. Oh, I didn't know that that was a thing that you did now. What? Flash mobs? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, wow. What? We went a little too Good long movie. without both of us losing our train of thought and going silent. So we have to have that moment now. That's true. So why is everyone that works for children's books such a fucking freak? Like the board more... members? Oh, yeah. Even like Andy Richter. I think it's Richter, more that Kyle everyone Adams. in the film is a freak. Um, Like, think about everyone that he comes in contact with who's like more than like an extra. The manager? Like, oh, the manager's, manager's literally, I was going to say, what a wacko. What a guy. Hillary told me this tidbit, which I don't know if it's true. She might have gotten it off TikTok, but I trust her because she's my lover. You um, could use a word other than she lover. She just said I heard Maybe that perhaps from the wife. Room. Uh, the manager's name is Wanda. Did you catch that? Because. 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 Wanda Sykes. It was supposed to be Wanda Sykes. I did not um, catch that because I read that it was supposed to be Wanda Sykes, but I didn't see the name tag. So Hillary's That's just actually smart. She didn't just get that off TikTok. No. Um, wow. She, I, I mean, both her. can be true also. But Damage control, damage control. I love her very much. Damage control, damage control. Um, this <laughs> movie also... <laughs> This movie also has a, a lot of the big hol- Christmas songs, which I think works in its favor because mm-hmm. it's, I feel like what's a, we'll just pit it against four Christmases again. 
There aren't really a lot of iconic Christmas songs in Four Christmases. No. Um, Also, Four Christmases looks just overall cheaper than this movie. Like, this movie looks pretty good. What was the budget for Four Christmases? Probably insanely high. Um, Because it's Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon kind of at their peaks. $80 million. Yeah, and that movie looks like absolute hog shit. It's kind of like a change-up situation. Remember in the change-up when they were showing the magical fountain and they didn't shoot enough footage, so they just freeze-framed it? Yeah. And that's a $90 million movie, $80 million movie? (sighs) Pretty bad. We'll do change-up next year. Um, But this has, like, a bunch of the iconic Christmas songs and also kind of the iconic versions of it as well, which I think helps because it's, like, it's all encompassing, right? If you have a if you had this Christmas movie, but it had like kind of shoddy versions of the songs and like not the good songs, it wouldn't really work as well. Can you know? I say something uh, that sounds weird, but I don't think it is? Try it. I feel like Zoe Deschanel's voice is like perfect for Santa Claus is coming to town. Like especially in this. Yeah, like yeah. her her singing it in this movie, I'm like, that's exactly how I want Santa Claus is Coming to Town to sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, Very like raw. Well, and, and just subtle. like, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. I think just like her voice is kind of perfect for it. It's like kind of like soft, but like also like, I don't know, joyous. Like it's not, I don't know. I think she's in a band or something, right? Maybe. Didn't she do the new girl song? Yeah, she did the new girl song. I think she's in a band or something. I don't really know. Cool. All these, she also, all these people are doing other stuff aside from the thing that they do. Calm down and do your thing. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Um, Freaks. She also does not look like Zoe Deschanel in this movie. And she's this like very like, young, very small, and blonde also. <laughs> <laughs> this was kind of weird because for both will ferrell and zoe deschanel this was like kind of their first big thing will ferrell too this is like his first leading role yeah i think um unless i'm just lying which is crazy i mean i know he did snl but still crazy to start with a christmas movie and like build a great career off of that well here's what he did before so he did snl then he did uh Austin Powers as Mustafa, which is like a bit part. Then he did a failed SNL movie, Night at the Roxbury. Then he did a movie called The Thin Pink Line. Never heard of that. Then he returns as Mustafa in Austin Powers. He's in a couple SNL movies. He's in a movie called Drowning Mona. Um, he's got a bit part in Jay and Silent Bob. He's got he's the villain in Zoolander. He's in old school this year. Oh, then Zoolander is probably... Oh, Zoolander and Old School are probably his first, like, now people are starting to see Will Ferrell. Yeah. and like, then in movies, I mean. But I think Zoolander did pretty bad because it came out, like, around 9-11. Which is such a weird... Yeah, it came out, like, two weeks after 9-11. It didn't really make that much money. Um, it's such a weird tangent to go on. It's not a tangent. Um, that's just, like... I guess that's I just like that's true with a lot of movies. Yeah, a lot of movies came out around 9-11. Um, Dana so then, Carvey, Master of Disguise. Did that actually come out? 
around then? I actually think it came out a bit after 9-11. I do know that, you know his, like, turtle character he does mm. in that movie? I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the, like, clips We could do that stuff. next year. We're doing a lot but, of them uh, next year. <laughs> we're also not going to do almost any of them. Um, but, like, I know that uh, apparently, r- like, during filming of that turtle scene, everyone on set found out that 9-11 <laughs> happened. And then he had to do that turtle scene with that knowledge. And, like, while everyone's processing it. They're like, okay, roll again on the turtle. Well, it's literally Dana Garvey in a fucking turtle costume going, wow, it's like, okay, dude, imagine having to do that. Guaranteed, I would put all the money I ever make in my entire life on this bet that not just one, but multiple people went up to Dana Carvey while they were filming that scene and were like, listen, it's obviously a tough time, but people are, people are going to need laughs. People I are going to be looking for laughs that. right now. Like, I guarantee that. <laughs> yeah. And it's a horrible movie, allegedly. Um, yeah. But this is like <laughs> Will Ferrell's I first... I thought it was like Beloved. I saw it on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like 8% or yeah. something. It's yeah. like really bad. Um, and I don't think the audience score is even good. No. I th- no. Um, but this is <laughs> we're Will che- Ferrell's... We're checking up on a lot of movies that aren't Elf. <laughs> this is Will Ferrell's... It's a 1% critics on rotten tomatoes 36 audience jesus christ um this is will ferrell's first big leading role that was successful like because as you said this movie made 223 million on a 33 million dollar budget yeah um shot also kind of buys john favreau his career it kind of like gives him a blank check because he made what swingers Swingers before this, I think. Why is this called Made? What the hell? That's weird. It's probably a U.S. thing. Some movies, like a Philosopher's um, Stone type deal. It, wait, uh, sorry, I I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> Clearly, by the by the change in pitch oh Doug Liman directed. What the hell? Oh, so John Favreau just made a stinker for his first first movie called made with him and vince vaughn or is that joe rogan what the hell's going on (laughs) but then (laughs) he makes this movie then zathura and then iron man Mm. um but this is like then chef (laughs) brother you want to talk about good i don't know if we should talk about chef um (laughs) But he goes on to have like probably one of the most influential careers in Hollywood because Elf yeah. made so much money. Because Iron Man, obviously, starts off the MCU. Iron Man 2. And then he does, in the 2010s, Jungle Book and The Lion King, the live-action remakes. Big. Which, obviously, the Iron Man starts off the MCU. Jungle Book starts kind of off the... Um, remakes for the disney classics and like this new way to shoot things but then yeah. does like the mandalorian which is also the first well, now star he's wars like, tv show i wonder what his official title is at lucasfilm but like he he's basically like the kevin feige of of star wars right now 
or or was for a bit. I feel like that's kind of becoming uh, Dave Filoni's title now. But um, but what the fuck were we talking about before this? Will Ferrell's perfect in this movie. I don't think there's a single other person who could play this role. No. Like, I there's no other person who is like as sweet as a comic actor as he is. Even in like old school when he's being an absolute scumbag, he still feels like a nice guy. Or well, like when he's I saying horrible like... things in Anchorman and Talladega Nights and Step Brothers. You don't hate him because he feels like a nice guy still. I feel like he has like nailed like ignorantly annoying where like a lot of his characters are like the thing about them is that they're annoying and dumb and sometimes like stupid and also bad but like (laughs) almost all of them kind of stem from some level of ignorance which like you are let in on like in, to varying degrees in different movies, but like you're let in on the knowledge that he's kind of just like an ignorant person, and that kind of makes the annoyingness funny, because you're just like this guy's got no fucking idea what's going on, <laughs> like him running around the uh, revolving door screaming. That's annoying, mm-hmm. but the fact that I know that he's someone who has no idea what this is, like the first time I f- found out what a revolving door was, like. I don't know. I feel like he's nailed that kind of character yeah. uh, archetype. He feels like he's got a good heart, whereas like guys like Vince Vaughn yeah. or Jim Carrey have a bit of like an insidious, I said this earlier, but an insidious thing to them. Where it's like... Insidious is pretty extreme, but I know what you mean. <laughs> where it's like he's an absolute scumbag kind of thing. <laughs> Um, I'd well, like there's like say... there's like a smarm or like a cockiness to a, to those like we kinds say smarm of characters. A lot on here, really? Yeah, I, I feel, feel like, like once we've every said five it about. Episodes. I feel like we've said it before about like a specific actor, maybe. Oh, we said it about Zac Efron in like that awkward moment a lot, where he was like, "We said smarm a lot in that episode." Yeah, I guess you're the one that you listen to them. I don't really listen. Dude, to can I tell you something I did th- this week? Yeah. I listened to the first podcast we ever did together. Boys at Large episode one? Yeah. And it, must have it been fucking is bad. bad. Is it because I sent you that message about uh, making Boys at Large defunct? Oh, yeah. no, no. It was just because... Oh, okay. I was on SoundCloud. Um, it's still out there? They were there? Only two episodes are on there. I think they're all still unlisted on YouTube. So, like, I think they're, Good. like, watchable. We don't need to put them back Just up. No, definitely not. It was really bad. Um, Ugh. Um, I have two little tidbits, and then I'll do questions. Okay. Tidbit number one. I love that the footage of him on the newscast of, like, the elf walking around looks like bigfoot footage yeah very Um, clearly and number two the clausometer is fucking off whack michael believes because he 
gets a skateboard. That bumps it up 30 clausometer points? That's insane. You just need one well, child to believe and it's 30 claws points? When that happened, Olivia and I were like, dude, just like have Michael focus really hard, I guess. <laughs> or like just, I don't know, tell a bunch of kids. Like it's probably pretty easy. Yeah. But then like I was like, oh, it's probably like they need like sustained? consistent maintain, yeah, sustained Christmas cheer in order to power it. But then yeah. like... 40 people singing one Christmas song is enough to power the but whole it's also on the news. thing for all, all night. You're supposed to feel yeah. like everyone in New York is singing. I guess so. But like... I think the clausometer yeah, is a little off its rocker. It's kind of, yeah. maybe as they would say, off the henny. Well, because they also act like James Caan finally singing is what bursts it over the edge. I feel like that's a little logical, though, because I feel like it might be weighted, you know? He's like the biggest Christmas crank. Yeah, he's on the naughty list, which I love that that is like the worst thing that's ever happened to Buddy at the start of the movie. His dad being (laughs) on the naughty list. That's insane. You know whose dad is on on, on the naughty list? Who? I forgot that guy who just died. Henry Kissinger's son. His dad's on the naughty list. Well, he's not on the naughty list anymore because he's dead. Uh, Put him in the hell then. Dude, what if we we died and like the confirmed afterlife was that there is heaven and hell, but really it's just whoever was on the naughty and nice list when they died. Or, like, percentage, like, I had 51% of my life was on the nice list, so I get to go to heaven. Like, like that's, and Santa's literally just there, like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Shouldn't have been naughty. That's kind of Brother, like I got a like, rude awakening for you. You have not been nice for 51% of your life. Well, good thing I've got about f- four, uh, 52% left. Damn, you're going to die soon. Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, 50. Not bad. It's not great, actually. <laughs> uh, do you have more stuff, or can a, a, a boy like me get into questions? I do have some stuff, because believe it or not, this was actually technically my episode, so I did research, but like y- you kind of did most of the research, it turns out, so I've got some stuff. I always do research, because I don't trust you. Roger Ebert, our boy, <laughs> Raj, uh, Roger, gave the film three Roger, out Roger. of four stars. We can't chant on a call. It's going to be delayed. I wasn't chanting. I was just saying it again and again. Roger Ebert called Elf one of those rare Christmas comedies that has a heart, a brain, and a wicked sense of humor, and it charms the socks right off the mantelpiece. That guy loved a plot. What a quote, Raj. Three out of four stars, pretty good. Uh, The film made heavy use of forced perspective. Yes, it did. To exaggerate the size of Buddy compared to the other elves, which... Sometimes looked really good, sometimes didn't, but the most of the time looked really good. Well, just, I mean, uh, the force perspective, I think, always looked good, like in the classroom yeah. and, and the workshop and stuff. But the like, effects were sometimes they do sometimes. a size thing that would not work, um, mostly when he sits on Papa's lap. But Yeah, that's kind uh, of weird. Stop motion, anim- stop motion animation was also employed for certain sequences. Uh, Mostly, I think, the like, North Pole stuff, right? 
Yeah, the North Pole, uh, like, little creatures. Leon, um, Marwal. CGI was used, but it was kept to a minimum by F- John Favreau's request. Um, the goblin? Which apparently he had Troll? to fart. Uh, fight, he had to fart, I said. Um, I meant he had to fight hard for to have there not be much CG, which thank goodness because yeah they had the little troll which was cg and looked bad let's be fair but it was only on there yeah. for two seconds so and it was cares? also 2003 and then i think the big like nutcracker guy on the on the store was also cg oh, really? olivia pointed that out that. yeah it's just like a still the sleigh is also like CG. model yeah but honestly the sleigh looked okay um yeah. i'm just saying but like, the rest looks bad the CG thing there was some I noticed um, when the sleigh crossed over the road as the rangers were running down the road near the end, where like it kicked CG snow onto the road, and I was like, oh, yeah. Well, because the CG guys were probably suit. like, dude, we could probably throw some fucking snow on there, and it was like, do it, and they were like, and this like, looks incredible. This we just this is a revolution. I bet you back then, well, it's like, like that shit was crazy. It's like when my brother showed me a trailer for the very first Uncharted game on the PS3, and he was like, look, when you go in the water, his clothes stay wet, and then they slowly dry over time. And I was like, holy fuck, there's never going to be a game more advanced than this. <laughs> and now I look back at like the original PS3 version of that game, and I'm like, what is this, the GameCube? And now games um, are regressing also. What was that? What's this <laughs> one game cases. that isn't on Steam anymore? Three days after it came out. Oh yeah, it's it isn't it called Three the, Days. After? Three days gone. Three days after something maybe like that. I don't know. But uh, so apparently, so the game was announced and they released a trailer, and it basically looked like it was taking concepts from like a like a dozen different like popular games. And I haven't paid too much attention to it, but apparently everyone was like, this is very clearly a scam. That, like, they're, the game's going to suck. They're going to get a bunch of people to buy it because it looks like games they like. And they're going to have a bunch of microtransactions. But it's like, I think they people also couldn't, like, trace where the developer was from or something. It, anyway, it was basically, like, full-blown scam. And then the game releases... And the develop nobody buys it obviously because the <laughs> the conversation around it is that it's a scam. So who would buy the game? And then three days or three or four days after it was released, the developer shuts down and like takes the game off of Steam. Crazy. You know what also shut down? E three. Our disc. It's over. Oh, E3. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, our Discord's really fucking horrible right now. <laughs> it's okay. I think, honestly, the recording might be fine. Um, but, yeah. uh... Yeah, E3's kind of been in the dead zone for a bit now. Um, but it's, like, officially gone. Yeah, That's but now it's, like, when I was trying gone. to look up that game. Yeah. Um, but, do you oh, have well. more stuff? Yes. Um, It'll be easier for me to just let you talk and then you tell me when you're done. <laughs> sure. Uh, this movie inspired a 2014 uh, stop motion animated film called Elf Buddy's Musical Christmas. Uh, the only returning cast member was Ed Asner as Santa. 
Hmm. Um, I I want you to guess uh, the replacements for some of these characters. Who do you think replaced um, Zoe Deschanel? Is it someone I would know? Uh, probably. This one's a bit obscure, but the other two aren't. It's got to be Sydney Sweeney. Kate Micucci. Who the fuck's that? Garfunkel and Oates or something. Okay. I don't know. I don't anyway, know. she's a comedian. Um, All right. Is uh, that the little one or the tall Jane? one? Little one. Uh, okay. Guess who replaced uh, James Caan? Oh, who would need a check in 2014? <laughs> what old Italian would need a check in 2014? <sighs> Fuck. I'm going to say, like, one of the guys from Sopranos. Imperioli. Mark Hamill. What the hell? I guess he did need right? a check in 2014, if I'm being honest. Well, yeah, because well, Force Awakens didn't roll around until 2015. Uh, but also he was doing voice, like primarily voice work for like that decade. So I guess it makes sense. But like also what? Um, now guess who replaced Will Ferrell? This is the can big I get one. a hint? You can get a hint. Uh, this person has been the star of a sitcom, a popular sitcom, in the past ten years. We'll say ensemble, or it's about them. Uh, it's an ensemble. Star of a popular sitcom in the past 10 years. 2014. Fuck, I'm trying to figure it. Oh, is it the fucking kid from... Ah, uh, what's his name? Uh, he's in Big Bang? Is it the Big Bang guy, Leonard? Oh, uh, Johnny Galecki? Yeah. Is that your guess? <laughs> Yeah. No, it's not Johnny Galecki. It's actually his co-star Jim Parsons. I was surprisingly <laughs> close. <laughs> yeah, man. I first like I was like, you said the kid, and I was like, what? <laughs> the kid? F- no, the Big Bang Theory people are kids. Well, um, actually, Johnny Galecki's in Christmas Vacation. He's oh, a cool. young boy in that movie. Oh, that's why he said. Okay, I see. I yeah. see. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jim Parsons replaced wow. uh, Will Ferrell for that. I don't anyway, like that. I just found that very interesting. They I'm kind also of not had, on like, the Jim Parsons train. They also had like a lot of other interesting like ads. Rachel McFarlane was uh uh like Emily Hobbs, like the mom. Fred Armisen was a character. Gilbert Godfrey, Jay Leno, Steve Higgins, Matt Lauer. <laughs> the father <laughs> of that guy on SNL was in there? Steve Higgins? Yeah. Steve Higgins also the fucking. I know. I know. What did you say, you Rachel McFarlane? Yeah, Rachel McFarlane. What else has she been? In? I I recognized her face when I hovered over it. Um. Oh, I guess. I think she's like a voice actor. Oh, she's mostly a voice actor. Okay. Yeah, that's why you would know her because you're kind of a freak for those people. Um. That's wild that you just made those noises. Several minor acts, traffic accidents occurred while Will Ferrell walked down the Lincoln Tunnel in his costume because people were so surprised and distracted while driving. They shot um, a lot of the stuff for real in New York, like where he's just kind of yeah. running around doing shit. Which is pretty awesome. 
There's a yeah, couple like, times where you can like see someone notice the camera and like kind of look, look away or react, but like who cares? It's not really noticeable. Um, John Favreau used a remote control to trigger the Jack in the Boxes to scare <laughs> Will Ferrell, so that they would come out at like good times. I love and scare that. Him. Uh, that scene always hits. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's perfect. It's perfectly laid out. Uh, Will Ferrell turned down $29 million to be in a sequel in late 2014, um, which uh, brings me to <laughs> another one of my fuck? facts, which is um, on September 18th, 2013, Mental Floss reported that Favreau was interested in making a sequel called Elf 2 Buddy Saves Christmas. Later in December of the same year, or later in December of the same year, Farrell stated that he did not want to make a sequel. Uh, three years later, in January of 2016, uh, John Favreau stated that a sequel could still happen. The next month, Will Farrell reiterated that a sequel was unlikely and stated that he was generally reluctant to do sequels unless there was a story that justifies it. And then on September like Anchorman 18th, two, yeah. Uh, then on September eighteenth, twenty twenty, James Caan reaffirmed that the possibility of a sequel was unlikely, mm-hmm. stating that Farrell and Favreau did not get along. Interesting, which I've never heard about. Um, like I said, reported by Mental Floss. So who knows. Favreau does not, seem not, to like, be I'm not questioning Mental Floss's like, credibility. I just don't know. Favreau seems to be more in the Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson side of comedy than the John C. Riley, Adam McKay, Will Ferrell side of comedy. Yeah. So I guess Which, there's a little sense. bit of crossover. Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn were in uh, old school. That other one, old school. And like, um, yeah, but I feel like they're two different types of things. Yeah, you know. Um, last, last. So anyway, I just found that very interesting. I do kind of like that. It's like John Favreau's like could happen, and Will Ferrell's like no, and then John Favreau's like who knows, guys. <laughs> and Will Anything like, no, could happen. Yeah. And then he turned down twenty nine million dollars. Crazy. Um, last, last uh, fact, and then we can uh, move on. Uh, the scene where Buddy eats different candies and pastries and toppings on his spaghetti had to be shot twice because Will Ferrell vomited the first time. I love that. Which makes sense. Uh, just going to go through my notes that I took during the movie and then we'll move on. I love uh, how storybook- he... Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, I thought you were going to take a little longer. I love how he crushes up the Pop-Tart so excited and so like quickly he barely crushes he just breaks it into four and then starts mixing the whole thing with his hands just yeah perfect just incredible well, the, i mean the direction for that was probably like i don't know throw a bunch of shit on there and start eating it excitedly yeah and he did that because john favreau hack i don't know that's not true I here's <laughs> Here's some of my notes. Uh, the storybook intro transition was really good, and they also did it kind of to end the movie as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. Are uh, we going through the, the whole troll... goddamn thing? No. Uh, the okay. troll looks bad. Uh, Bob Newhart, wh- who we haven't really talked about as Papa Elf, very good. 
I feel like he delivers all of his lines very, like, casually and nonchalant, mm-hmm. and it kind of works. Like, when he's like, yeah, you know, people aren't, uh, you know, there's not a lot of Christmas cheer, so I had to f- tinker together this jet engine rocket, and he's just talking about it so <laughs> casually. Hillary said he's really good at stuttering, and I was like, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Because he's like, like he just kind of like, yeah, well, uh, he uh, he grew a little faster than the other elves. Where he'll just take, like, yeah. kind of natural pauses, you know? Yeah. I probably did it Very just good. as good or probably better than he did, actually. <laughs> uh, Leon the Snowman is cool and looks good. I, like, I literally saw the troll, and it was like, wow, that looks bad. And probably, like, five minutes later, they did the snowman, and it looked good. The difference was troll CG, snowman... Stop like, motion. Stop motion. Which, like, so cool that, like, they blended so many different, like, styles and techniques together, like, with force perspective, stop motion, but, like, being sized to, like, be, like, beside Wolf. I don't know. I think a lot of that stuff looks really good and is, is very interesting. Uh, Carolyn, the little kid who, like, talks to Buddy in the waiting room, is, like, kind of the goat. <laughs> uh, talking to him in the waiting room and then also, like... While he's on TV being like, yay, buddy. Love eating cotton balls. Yeah, which apparently was just undyed cotton candy on set. Pretty cool. Um, Hopefully it was real Snowball fight was obviously awesome. Uh, Buddy literally was about to kill himself, throw himself off the... uh, Brooklyn Bridge. The bridge. The Brooklyn Bridge. Um, I don't know if that was Brooklyn. Uh, Santa hates cops confirmed. Uh, it, I really liked how he was like the fucking Central Carp or Central Park Rangers. Central Carp, they're a bunch of fish. Wow, that was very good. Anyway, overall thoughts: Elf is a Christmas classic that holds up much better than I thought it would. Um, that's it. Oh, last one is a quote from Olivia. She said, <laughs> "Buddy is Adam if he was built like Calder." So she thinks that Buddy acts like me, but is built like you. I'll give you a little uh, behind the scenes of what's kind of going on in my life, actually. All right. My dad's side of the family calls me Buddy because they thought I acted kind of like this character when I was younger. Wow. And I'm also large. And I wear green a fair amount. I'm wearing green right now. Merry Christmas, Yeah, you're wearing green right now. Merry Christmas. See it. Merry Christmas, baby. There we go. You naughty boy. Um, I'll say one last thing, and then I'm going to quick fire you the two questions I didn't ask you already. All right. When I was watching with subtitles and Pennies from Heaven was playing, when he starts, like, scatting, I guess? Is that the proper phraseology? Yeah, I think so. It said singing in a different language, and I was like... He's going zibbity doo da boop. He's not singing in a different language. <laughs> Interesting. So I think that's just Someone Jeff Bezos. Up, I think. That's just Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Probably did this one personally. Question For number sure. one. Would you let Buddy in your house? I feel like if he said he was my son and like... If, if events played out the way they did and it was like kind of clear that he is my son i would let him stay i've done this to you three or four times and you barely let me through the door yeah but like we're not related by blood i've been pretty convincing at times that we are you and that i am injecting your, son. your blood into mine does not 
that doesn't but it was pretty freaky when the blood test came back and said we were related huh yeah but like also you had like bill murray's blood in there i don't know what that was doing in well there. we were so just like, having a good time I just don't, I think like if Bill Murray's blood wasn't in there, maybe I would have believed like, oh, maybe we're brothers or something. But you being like, you're my dad. And then also like Bill Murray's blood being in there. I was like, oh, so there's just like people's blood. Like your body is kind of, you know how they say melting pot for people's blood. You know how they say people inject themselves with young, like baby's blood to try and be more youthful. No, but go on. I think this is something that your people, the alt-right, would know about. But um, I am kind of going by the theory of, like, if I inject myself with old people's blood, I'll get their experience and their knowledge. Why did you inject yourself with my blood? Well, that was just for the paternity test. Oh. But I wanted. I was trying to get Bill Murray's comedy. I also injected myself with James Duty Dench. And James to try Duty and get Yeah, I can't say her name legally because I have a restraining order. But oh, because you took her blood. <laughs> in in so many words, I guess. But uh, I'd like to do a quick flashback to about two minutes ago when you said I'm gonna speed around these last couple questions. This is this is as fast as I can go, brother. As I weave this tale. <laughs> Um, my next question is stupid, so this is why I was kind of stalling, but, uh, just to let the people know, I wanted Jane Duty Jench's class and her poise, okay, and her blood, obviously, when I went to her house at midnight with a syringe, three or four syringes strapped to my body like they were grenades (laughs) Three or four? (laughs) Well, I need, just in case one breaks or just in case I miss my veins or something, um, Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> yeah. Weird. What's going on with her? What a she does what? like this five hundred days a summer. The new girl. And I think she's on like a new girl rewatch podcast now. I think she's done like a couple voice things as well. Oh, yeah, she, she was like... a surfs up. Oh right, yeah, classic film. But I think others as well. Um, I don't know. I just always find her career kind of weird because she, her sitcom is like her, you know, it's kind of like about her. That's her whole thing. But I feel like she's very famous, even though new girls isn't like a super famous sitcom, you know? And like her movies aren't all that famous. Oh, she's one of the main characters in trolls, which actually does pretty well. Trolls, let's band together. Is that the new one? Yeah. Um, Dude, I saw a TikTok where someone was like, "I am going to watch two movies today, and I want to bring you along with me." The first is Disney's Wish. The second is Trolls. Sounds like a nightmare. And she got out of <laughs> she got out of Wish and was like, "Cinema is dead. That was horrible. It was one of the most boring corporate schlock garbage I've ever seen." Isn't it about uh, the star at the top of the Disney castle? probably man some it's it looks like trash it looks horrible it looks like it has no soul um and it's losing so much money and it makes me happy um Mm -hmm. 
but then she got out of Trolls and she was like, cinema is alive. <laughs> and it's like, I don't praising know if that's it. true. I've heard that, like, if you are like a musical theater kid and like love things like Glee, you'll probably like Trolls because it's just full we... musical camp. We gotta figure out how to get acid and then wa- watch Trolls on acid. Sure, if you'd like. I don't know. I don't know how to get that though. That's the thing Me that's neither. the reason I'm not like. Hey, I've got a hookup. A drug addict is like I don't know how to go about that. I've got a hookup. If I knew how to go about that, my life would be in such a different situation. My internet guy, he uh, sells you acid. Well, he's he does acid. Every time he's come and tried to fix our internet, it, he leaves and it's still fucking broken. So we must be on acid. <laughs> anyway, he's like, oh, are these snakes coming out of this thing? You're like, that's the he's like, sorry, he's like, I, pl- I, I plugged the cobra it. back into the fridge over there, and I'm like, no, brother, that is a wire and an internet modem. But I appreciate yeah. <laughs> it is cold though. You should get that checked. It is out. cold though. Um Adam Driver. Hmm. Haven't really thought about this actually. <laughs> One of the security guards for me. We didn't really talk about them much, but I think that's where I want him. I might honestly put that's a good one. I feel like that's pretty good. I might put him actually in one of the either Andy Richter or Kyle Bass. Or Kyle Gass. I keep saying Bass. Kyle Gass. Uh, I just thought rolls. of the right one. Dude, did you see him hosting SNL this week? Richter? I've only seen a couple clips. No, Adam's driver. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I've seen a couple clips. He's a fucking wacky guy. Is it with O-Rod? I don't know. Oh. Um. Maybe. Maybe I'll take a peek But he did this that. whole thing where he like made a goofy face and approached the camera and yeah, I don't know. I I just watched a clip where I was like, man, Adam Driver's like going full goofy, and I was like, I think that him doing like a okay picture this kind of character, I feel like he could pull it off in a fun way. I think the right answer is the mailroom guy. Oh, good answer. Actually, it's pretty good. And now. Uh, that was a good little bit that of work really I did good. there. That was a good was bit of really work good. I did there. Oh, yeah. I'm proud of you. Where are we ranking this song, bitch? All right. So our last Christmas movie was Die Hard. It's at 22. Is Do you think this is better or worse than Die Hard? I think this is better than Die Hard. This is an really? absolute Christmas classic. I'd agree. Um... Well, this is my movie, actually. I picked, so you gotta, you gotta give me a little range here. You don't have to pick exact. But I'm gotta, thinking. Like I'm it. looking. I'm analyzing. Number eight. Eight. Wow. No, number nine. Sorry. Number nine. Sorry. Number nine. Sorry. Wow. Still very high compared to where I was thinking. Yeah. I, I think it deserves it, though. I was thinking, like, in and around, like, the game Night Iron Giant, which is fourteen fifteen. I just think, like, part of it is this movie could have been so bad. Like, think about yeah. all of the ways we said this movie could have been bad. And it's not, and it's quick, and it's funny every time somehow. Mm-hmm. And... 
Will Ferrell's incredible. There's not a single character that is unlikable, even if they're supposed to be unlikable. There's still like even the head of the Greenwood, I don't know what the Greenwich, whatever the book company's called. I still yeah. kind of like him because I love the way he yells, like just the tone of his voice when he's yelling. Yeah. When he's like, a minus eight, you know? Oh, well, he's like perfect, like yelling boss, like that character. Like he's perfect for that. Um, what is your AirPods die? You can't hear yeah. me anymore. I didn't hear you Hell for yeah. a little bit there, but it's okay. Hell yeah, brother. It's okay. I was barely talking. So here's my thought. Because I, I do think my answer is like around Game Night Iron Giant. So what if we split the difference here? Because here's the thing. I don't think... I do think it's actually better than Game Night. I don't think it's better than Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. But I actually think it's better than The Thing. That's, that's um, psychotic that you think Harry Potter is better than The Thing, but... Um... I'm, I'll, I'd allow that. Put it below Dude, uh, we, we or have above preferences. This, this list is chocked full of compromises, brother. Um, but yeah, I, but I'm gonna, I'd be I'm gonna okay with putting it at yourself into the toilet. I'm okay with putting it at 12. I don't feel comfortable putting it above like Black Klansman or Step Brothers. What about Surf's Up? I don't want to put it above Surf's Up. You just Dude, don't I'm want giving to? you more than you're given. You said nine. I I said fifteen, and I'm pitching putting it at twelve. That's three spots for each of us. So I don't really know what you're giving more Wait, than one, I'm giving. Two, three, uh, one, two, th- three. No, that would be four for me. I'm giving up here. All right, uh, I guess. But like, you're sick in the head. Here's <sighs> my thing with surfs up, and I think that like. Surf's Up does more, like, theme and, like, uh, message-wise than Elf does. Elf is just kind of like... What the fuck's Christmas. the message of Surf's Up? Surf and you'll be good? You're have a good time if you surf? Dude, what it's, the a, hell it's about fucking, like... It's about, like... Like... Existentialism <laughs> and, like, accepting what, like... Like... L- did you take some acid? What are you talking no. about right it, now? Surf's Up is like about like learning to live life to live it rather than like living life for like, I don't know, like war- like f- fame, fortune, like worldly things. It's like about learning to let go of all of those things. I'm not talking about Surf's Up in this episode. Why not? This is the point of the ranking is that we have to discuss the movies oh, surfs up i feel like <laughs> okay then i'll do that uh surfs up i feel like uh i don't know i just feel like it it has a lot more like character development that's kind of gradual and it's like kind of perfectly paced like this movie i feel like like we discussed i, I don't think it's a bad aspect at all but like kind of all of the character development is in james Kahn's character and the character development is kind of like he learns to open up like to his son and to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Surf's Up I feel like has like multiple characters who kind of like have individual 
character growth and like development journeys that are kind of like interwoven um and they're both hour and a half movies so like that actually these are kind of like in the same realm of uh like tightness so i'm not gonna my man's over here talking about how tight these how tight things are tight these movies are they're tight I'll give it to you. Thanks, man. But you just know you owe me a big favor when we get to the reshuffle. <laughs> what? Dude, I understand fast five, that top fucking five. Fast Five's hashtag going up. Fast it's not five, going top, top five. five, brother. It's not going top brother, five. Brother, hashtag Fast Five Top Five. <laughs> also, wait, 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 wait. Without giving too much away about what we're doing next year. You will have an opportunity to move Fast Five. Do something. Pick something else for the reshuffle. Hashtag Fast Five Top Five. All right. So that's it, I guess. That's the episode. Um, probably our biggest the, like the back list? and forth on where to where to put a movie in a while. Um, yeah, you almost like didn't want to pretty... do it too. Well, we're we've been pretty much in agreement for like most of these things. I actually feel like uh what was the most recent like big debate we had? The master not debate. Not really. Not really any. I feel like we've been like pretty on par um with each other for a while. Iron Giant um, I feel like was a little Actually, no, we kind of maybe we kind of agreed on that one. Kubo? I think Kubo was a bit of a big oh, one. Oh, probably Kubo. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking for an episode where I just trash a movie people seem to like, listen to Kubo. And then also listen to uh, the subsequent episodes in that month because Calder (laughs) compares them to Kubo in being like, this movie does what Kubo couldn't do because Kubo's bad. (laughs) Um, So that's another thing. Fuck you, Even though Kubo's not bad. uh, You're a skunk, Kubo. You always will be. That's Elf at number 12 on our list right now, under Surf's Up, above the thing. Uh, let us know how you liked Elf. If you're on Spotify, you can just like do the little question thing. There should that It should be easy to access. If it's not, that's kind of Spotify's fault. Um, and otherwise, you can uh, <laughs> contact us in other ways if you know how. Our, uh, I'm pretty sure our Twitters are linked in our bio if you really want to. I don't really check Twitter, but if someone tweets at me, I will look. Yes, I will. And also, we have a special little message from oh, fuck. <laughs> from a little elf working in the North Pole. He made a little song for us, so stick around to hear that. And um, go check out Adam and my YouTube channels. I'm a dumb, yeah. and I think I'm Calder on YouTube. Yeah. Adam's That'd got cool. some stuff in there. Did you say Adam's got some stuff in there? Yeah. Like what? What? I'm just saying you have some stuff you on your channel. Oh yeah, sure. Most of it bad, but like, let's be. I'm nice. working on it. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean. Uh, I make stuff, and you You're might than like Mr. it. Better Beast. Um, yeah. If you uh, if you want to hear a little Christmas song that uh, I put together, you can stay tuned for after the intro, or sorry, after the outro, if you'd like. Um, sorry, I messed that up. Uh...
just a uh, content warning. It's explicit and deals with mature <laughs> themes. <laughs> I guess. Uh, anyway. Thanks for listening to this episode. We love you and appreciate you. We'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.